Folks, if you like wrestling, you should consider the Spartan Combat Nationals. It's the only tournament that I know of where you can wrestle beach, freestyle, Greco, and folk style all in the same tournament. It's going down this April 8th through the 10th in Jacksonville, Florida. Register now at SpartanCombat.com. Now let's get to the show. I'm getting ready to run out, and my coach grabs me, and he smacks me right across the face. Whack! And again, you got to understand, I haven't been around wrestling that long. I didn't know that people were doing this, you know? So, and I, I remember running out and wrestling and I came back and uh, during the whole match, the only thing I was thinking about, why the hell did he just smack me in the face? We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience, toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, Natural talent helps, but it's it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. As always, we're presented by Spartan Combat. Spartan Combat is hosting their national tournament April 8th through the 10th in Jacksonville, Florida. Go to SpartanCombat.com to register. Our guest today is Lee Pritz, assistant coach at Arizona State, a 19-year veteran at coaching at the D1 level. He was also an All-American for Eastern Michigan back in 1996. Rest in peace to the Eastern Michigan Wrestling Program. Lee is a lot of fun, and we covered a lot of topics, folks. I hope you enjoyed this one. Fan of the week goes to our man Tom Robbins, a wrestler from the 70s, a father, and a listener of this show. Thank you so much for listening, Tom, and for reaching out. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for the great Lee Pritz. Lee Pritz, welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Absolutely. Love having a Florida guy on. Oh, yeah. Florida roots. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's start this one. Grammy School of Wrestling. I know you were an instructor for many years, and a lot of people forget just how powerful the Grammy system was and how popular it was. Tell me about uh, just your experience working those camps and, and what kind of impact they had back in the day. Man. I got introduced to him by Mark Strickland. Uh, you know, Mark, Mark came through the Great Bridge program uh, with Steve Martin. And I'm, not sure, I'm sure I'll get in trouble if I don't mention Wayne and, you know, Billy Jr. and Billy Senior, everyone else that goes through. But I guess he started with Wayne Martin at Great Bridge, and then Stevie took over his junior and senior year. Well, we go to junior college together, and it was first semester, and I remember – Strickland was like, hey, I got to go to Kansas City and do a camp with, with my old coaches. Do you, do you want to go? I'm like, heck yeah, let's roll. And, you know, we drove over there and the old man was there, old man Martin was there and Wayne, Steve. And I remember spending, you know, whatever it was, two, three days there on that weekend clinic. And we drove back and it was, I was like, man, that was really, that was good. You know, and that summer, he, he Strickland and I said, hey, you know, why don't you come to camp all summer? So I was like, yeah. So I went there and basically just volunteered for four weeks. And at the end of this, and it, it, we would go Sunday to Thursday would be camp. And then we'd go back to Virginia beach or whatever for the weekend. And sometimes we'd go down to the old man's farm and we'd go down to the farm in Knott's Island and, you know, and, and then the old man would put you through three hour drill sessions. <laughs> Same uh, and, and not only three hours, half the time it was the same move over 
in, for three hours. And he would have you do it like every eighth of a turn and be videotaping it. And then he would want to, he'd go back and watch that video. And then he would come in and the next day and want to do the same thing again, but make a little adjustment on it. And it was, you know, it was like, it was taxing, but it was really good. You know, you're like, the attention to detail is what it was teaching us is the attention to detail be, was so heavy. And uh, yeah. And then a- after that summer, I remember the, the old man came up to me and, and Steve and I hit it off real good. And everyone, Wayne and the old man came up to me and says, Hey, I want you to work our camps, you know, and that's how it started. And then I did, I don't know how long I did them 15, 18 years, you know, year after year, just going back and forth. So it was really Mark Strickland who who got me my start in there. So the so Steve Martin's dad would film you guys drilling and actually watch it to the level of detail to have you guys redo it the next day, essentially. Yes. Yes. Wow. Oh my God. That is that's obsessive, but I love it. It was it was super obsessive. And he, he literally you go into the center circle and he would have you drill it at this angle, the whole hold. Then you start again at an eighth of a turn and he would film it there. And then another eighth, another eighth, all the way over 360 degree. So he had every detail of it and he would literally videotape that. And then he'd go study it and come back and go, Hey, we need to move your hand this way, half inch. And yeah, it was, it was, it was actually unbelievable. That's all. I just got done watching the Tom Brady documentary on ESPN man in the arena. And there's a couple segments of how, obsessive Belichick was about details. And it sounds like this guy was on that same level of like professionalism and prep work. Oh, he was, he had, I remember walking in and he had the, like this, I don't know, this control panel. And it had like a knob like this where he could fast forward and rewind video. And it was so high tech, especially back then, you know? And uh, yeah, I I'd walk into the farm and he'd be sitting on his couch watching video of practice. <laughs> you watching video of practice you know and so yeah he was ultra obsessive and this is my ignorance to the system but was it only grammy stuff or was it a whole system of wrestling neutral and everything yeah they they had a whole system and you know it it's it's funny because it, it, it you would think you know it's the whole bottom work but they had a whole top series they had a whole feet series uh both offense and defense um and they kept evolving. They didn't just keep it. This is the system. The, it, it, you know, the tale is the old man coached at Granby High School in Norfolk, Virginia. And old man Martin said a guy did a, he had a guy that used to do a forward roll from his feet. He would stand up and do a forward roll, but almost like dive underneath the, the, the guy's legs. And that was the like your original Gramby. And then then it turned into like the shoulder roll. Now they went into their high, low, and all the different variations of it now. And and then they got into the force roll series. Yeah, you know, so it was, you know, that's really where it took off. But uh, but then they were taking all the the guys that they had coming through, you know. I I think it was they were sending them all to Michigan State back then. Mm. that's when Michigan state won their national title was with all the Granby guys. So it was a Granby was the name of a school and they just need to move after that. I didn't know that Granby high school. And they won, I believe it's my numbers could be off one or two years, but I believe it's 21 out of 22 years or 22 out of 23 years that Billy Martin senior won the Virginia state title at Granby high school. Holy smokes. That is crazy. That's, that's a story waiting to be told there. Whoever's listening to this, uh, that's an amazing, uh, amazing run. And just the impact they've had is so big. Well, then you go on to Great Bridge High School, right, where they were doing the same system. And um, Wayne Martin, I, I, I don't know how many Wayne won, but I know he won a bunch. And then Steve came in and coached for 13 years and won 12 out of 13 state titles. Wow. What a legacy. It's unbelievable, right? That's crazy. And knowing your background, you know, you come from Florida initially. I didn't realize you went to Juco first. What was the path for you to to get into wrestling in Fort Lauderdale? Uh, 
I was a gymnast and I was gymnastics, karate, diving. I was all these other sports. And uh, I walked into the hallway in ninth grade and the first day of school, my sister was three years older than me. And so she knew the wrestling coach and she was an elite gymnast. So he comes up to me and goes, Hey, I want you to wrestle. I weighed 85 pounds, you know? Yeah. And, and I only knew of WWF, <laughs> you know? And uh, I was like, I, I can't wrestle. Those dudes are huge. And he's like, no, they have weight classes. And I went, and it just flashed in my brain. I couldn't, you know, I was a big Jimmy Superfly Snooka fan back then. And all I could think about was jumping off the turnbuckle and drop kicking another 85 pound dude. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm in. And it was like within a week or maybe two weeks of that time where he had a big meeting for the club. You know, they were going to start club practices and there was like 80 people in the room and I walk in. And I'm looking around because I see this flat mat, you know, I, I, I don't see any ropes and meetings getting ready to start. And I raise my hand right away and I'm like, hey, hey, hey. you know, and I, no, you didn't. Yeah, right away, right away. Because, you know, so I was like, you know, I was gung ho, I was excited. And coaches kind of gave me, he looked, Randy Miller's his name, Randy Luke, and he's like, what, what, you know, like, like we haven't started yet. Like one of those looks. And I said, where are the ropes? And 79 people fell out laughing <laughs> <laughs> and I was so confused and you know at the same time embarrassed so I just went with it I was like ah oh, got y'all got y'all and I remember sitting there like oh what, what am I doing and yeah a week later you know and we're we start training and a week later uh I, I go home and, and told my parents I said hey I'm quitting all my other sports I'm only gonna wrestle and they were like no, you can't do, you know, like it was our plan. The plan was gymnastics was the plan where we were accelerating. And my sister was an elite gymnast. I was on my way and we had a lot invested into it. Right. As, as a family. And they're like, you, you can't do it. I said, no, I found it. This is it. And, and, uh, after that year, I ended up, I ended up finally breaking the JV lineup, the last four matches of the year. And I went two and two on JV. I won two by forfeit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I begged, I begged Miller to, Hey coach, can I, you know, cause the JV would get done. And then it was just a varsity for the rest of the year, whatever, three weeks or two, yeah. three, four weeks, whatever it was. And I said, can I train with them? And he's known, I begged him, you know, and begged and he said, all right, come on. And so right after they got done, then I was going to club practices, you know, we'd have a couple of days a week at our school and I'd go over to St. Thomas Aquinas a couple of days a week. And, and, and really wherever places were available on the days that we didn't have, I'd go. And then, you know, my parents were amazing. They, they would, they would take us to tournaments every Saturday. And, uh, and after a year, my parents sat me down and I was getting better. I was getting better, but I was by no means good. And, my parents sat me down they said, and my dad was like, Hey, uh, maybe we should go back to karate and gymnastics. And I'm like, Nope, I love this. This is what I'm doing. And my mom goes, let me step in. You know, my mom's the, the, the tough one. And she says, listen, you're terrible. <laughs> I said, but I love it. They said, that has no bearing on it. You're terrible. You got to We can't watch this anymore. And <laughs> And back then, Florida wasn't like at the level it is now, right? Well, you know what? It, it, it wasn't. I don't think the depth was there. But I, I know the year that uh, I placed at the NCAA tournament, there was, there was five, five of us at All-American that year uh, from the state of Florida. Wow. You know, so, I mean, it was a big year, obviously, for, for, for that. So we had a good crew that came out. You know, we, had, we ended up having a pretty good crew. Uh, so is it like Bono and that was he in that class? Yep. Okay. Yep. Bono, Joe Morsetti, uh, Mike Rogers, uh, and uh, maybe maybe Dwight Gardner. Okay. That's a, to your point. That's impressive. I wouldn't have guessed that because you know all, all we've heard is that Florida has come so far, and you 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 don't really know what it was like back. You know, in the this had to be what early nineties, late eighties. Yeah, like I graduated 92, so 
that year where we had five all Americans in Florida, that was 96. Got it. So yeah, that's impressive. It was, a, it was, it was a, it was a pretty cool crew. So how'd you convince your mom? So what happened then? Your mom said, so, you're oh, no yes. good. So what happens then? So they said, okay. And they, well, they knew I, I wanted to do it. So they, again, they would take me to tournaments every weekend. So I, I was probably getting 80 matches in, in the summer, you know, cause I go to these tournaments wow. for two weight classes, you know, but so I was getting basically two seasons in a worth of matches in the summer. And so that next year I, uh, you know, and my coach didn't pay a whole lot of attention to me and why would he, you know, mm-hmm. and that next year I, I wrestled off for, for the varsity spot and I got it. And well, I beat the guy and, and the coach came up to me the, like the next day and goes, Hey, he was sick. We got to do that again. You know? <laughs> and so then I did, you know, did it again and I had to do it like five, six times. Then I kept, now the score, I, I started to, I started to widen the gap in the score. And so you know, they, they stuck with me and I'll tell you what, uh, uh, my first varsity match, you know, I'm getting ready to run out and my coach grabs me and he smacks me right across the face. Whack. And again, you gotta understand, I haven't been around wrestling that long. I didn't know that people were doing this, you know? So, and I, I remember running out and wrestling and I came back, and uh, during the whole match, the only thing I was thinking about, why the hell did he just smack me in the face? <laughs> I came running off the mat, and, and uh, I said, Coach, what would you smack me for? I said, make me want to fight you. He's like, you're supposed to make you want to fight him. I said, I didn't want to fight him. You're the one that smacked me. You know? <laughs> I said, don't ever smack me again. I don't like that, you know? And, right. And it was funny, but it, and then, you know, but I'd never paid attention until after, and I was watching him after, he was smacking everyone, and People go out and wrestle, and I was like, "Yeah, don't do that to me." Like <laughs> you know, so that year I had a pretty solid season, and uh, they were placing the top four at the state in Florida at that time, and I and I lost in the uh, in the Concy semis, you know. And I remember telling him, "I said I'm never going to lose at this tournament again," and he laughed at me. Yeah, all right, kid. <laughs> you know, kind of. And yeah, again, same thing, same kind of summer, spring, summer uh train 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 wrestle everywhere i could and sure enough uh ended up winning state title that year and then the next year wow well, that's actually that, and that junior year brian smith brian smith came in my junior year so randy miller who he also coached brian smith at st thomas aquinas high school and then he left st thomas and, and went to western when he did i started wrestling for him you know years later but now all of a sudden, full circle, Randy Miller takes a new program at, at Stoneman Douglas, and Brian Smith comes in. And, you went and, to coach for in the right after school, right? That's right. Yeah, and I can. But and he just came in from Michigan State, and you know I didn't know him, but I was I was full on transferring to Douglas with my coach. You know, he's an amazing coach. You know, and and. I was like, I'm going with him and we got an apartment and everything and I got caught. So I'm back. I got caught before I moved. Caught how? I don't, I don't, cause we were terrible at it. We, we didn't know how to do this. You know, like I should say caught for what? Like what? Oh, you weren't allowed to leave schools and do all, you know what I mean? Got it. So they were like, you know, we got the call. Yeah. You're not going there. You know, that's not your school district. Da, 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 da. So yeah, we had, we didn't have a real apartment. We had a fake address. Got it. You know? Got it. Got it. <laughs> okay. And, and so then I stayed at, at Western and uh, wrestled for, you know, for Brian Smith and, you know, and Brian actually threw me off the team, you know, I don't know, a month into being with him, you know, he's like, you're done, you know, cause yeah, I, uh, why? I, I was probably uh, a little boisterous to a teacher that I shouldn't have been. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was probably a little loose lipped and, you know, I was, uh, and he told me right away, you know, and he just said, I'm not going to have any punks on my team. And I was like, but I'm going to win the state title this year. You know? And <laughs> like, I thought that actually meant something, you know, yeah. he's like, we're not going to have punks on this team. And I said, I'm not a punk. I, I work everyone. 
You know, that was my whole, oh, I outwork everyone. I'm going to win. And he's like, you got to do everything right. And yeah, so he kicked me off the team. And uh, I couldn't go home and tell my parents because I would have gotten in trouble at home too, right? Yeah. You know, why'd you get kicked off the team? I didn't do anything. Nobody gets kicked off a team for not doing anything, right? So I, I decided we had a two wrestling room. We had two room wrestling rooms in our school and we weren't using the upstairs one anymore. Everyone, he combined all practices. So I was in the upstairs room just doing stance motion, thinking it would blow over after a couple of days. And he comes up on the, uh, on a Friday and says, Hey, you know, I heard you've been up here. What are you doing? You're done. I said, I love this. I don't, you can't, you can't. He's like, it's over, you know? So I went home and fessed up to my parents and, you know, and they had no idea. They were picking me up every day after practice. Like normal, I came out and sweaty and, you know, I was faking the whole thing. And sure enough, I told them and got in trouble there. And then they said, all right, let's go talk to them. Well, Ryan, we walk in and the first thing my dad does is walk over and shake Brian's hand and says, Hey, thank you. That's the best thing you've ever that that's the best thing that's ever happened to my son. And I'm sitting here looking like, what's he doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. I thought they were there to fight for me. And then, you know, they my mom jumped in a little bit too. What do we have to do? You know, what and and Brian came up with a plan, zero tolerance, you know, zero tolerance from an academic standpoint, zero tolerance from a behavior standpoint. Every Friday, I had to get notes signed by my teachers that I had a good week and that my grades were good that week. And Dang, he's tough, tough. He's and tough. My God, zero tolerance. Jesus. Right? So it was funny. I went from literally, I, 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 my grades were terrible when, when this started. And at that point I started getting, you know, started excelling. I was going back over, I was over 3.0. I was from like a 2.0 to, you know, three threes, you know, and it, it was like, everyone's writing like notes, like, who is this kid? You know, and it just, I, I just wanted to wrestle so bad yeah. that I was, I was willing to do anything. And yeah. And that's, that's basically probably what, not probably it's why I'm able to do what I'm doing now. Wow. So what, what was his path from teaching and coaching at a high school in Florida to Missouri? He coached in high school for two years. My, my, the only two years was, was my junior and senior year. And right afterwards he got, Jack Spates called him and had him come out to be, I, I think the name the, at the time, it's now like the volunteer, but then it was, I think it was called the restricted earnings coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, he left high school to give it a shot to go to Cornell and be the restricted earnings coach. And then he was there for X, I don't know, five years, something like that, six years, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe longer. Um, it wasn't very long. It wasn't a huge stint. And then took the Syracuse job. Yep. Syracuse program dropped, but they gave it an opportunity to save it. He took that job. And after a year of fundraising, and he did a great job, you know, but after a year is too much. And that's when uh, Missouri opened up and he took the Missouri job. And I jumped on that same year. That is so crazy. Full circle. Full circle. Wow. That is, I mean, and I was definitely going to ask you about your you know, time at Missouri because you got there during the kind of the, definitely the building years, you know, when you guys were, you know, oh, really yeah. on the come up. What, what was like the current state when you got in there and, and like, how good were they? And what was that? That's terrible. We were terrible. <laughs> it was, it really, it was, it, uh, and again, I don't know how, I don't even know if we had any national qualifiers in the room at the time, maybe one, you know, and I know that first year we qualified one guy that that first year coach, we qualified one guy on a wild card. Wow. You know, one guy on a wild card. And, you know, so yeah, I remember we drove the, the NCAA tournament was at Penn state that year. And so, and we had no money. I think Brian, I, I was, I got paid zero dollars that year. Um, and I think Brian, I think Brian Smith was made 34, 34,000 um, as a head coach. And that's another good one is I remember calling my parents excited, you know, Hey, I got my first college coaching job. And right away, my dad's like, well, how much money are you making? You know? And, and 
I said, oh, money? Yeah, yeah, there's no money the first year. He said, that. <laughs> he said that's not a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So it was wild, man. It was wild. But, yeah, so it was definitely uh, – I think Jeremy Space is probably the – you know, we had Mark Bader. Mark Bader was on that team. He was a freshman. So of my first year. And then, uh, yeah, that after that first year, I know we had uh, – uh Jeremy Spates kind of kind of led the charge as far as being the he was supposed to come in he was just going to come for one year and then tr- transfer back to OU because they had Michael Leitner in front of him got it and he came there for a year and fell in love with the place and never went back you know and so he really started you know his crew him and Bader and that crew they started Tiger style Got it. You know, they started, they branded Tiger style and shoot. Jeremy Spates even has a tattoo of it on his shoulder, you know, um, which I'm sure his dad was not thrilled with at the time when he was supposed to be coming back to OU, you know, but. Uh, oh, and his dad was coaching at OU by now. That's right. Was, oh, yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Cause he went from Cornell. Then Rob took over at Cornell, man. Tangled Wesley weave Lee Pritz. Yes, sir. So Race what was the turning point in like the early Missouri years to start getting some hammers? Really, it was that's what I think it was. It was Jeremy Spates led the chart, you know, like yeah. it started with it, again, you, you got to go back to Brian Smith and the principles that he puts into the program, right? And then what just, are those? Well, just like the principles that he did in high school, you know, he was going to have people doing it the right way. You had to live the right lifestyle, you know. Uh, he wanted people that were pa- not, not only passionate about the sport, but he wanted people that were passionate in life and trying to do the right things. And that's what he did to us in high school. And that's what he was starting there. And so we had a good group of kids. And then all of a sudden you, uh, you, you build in that wrestling work ethic that, that was being developed in a system of wrestling, you know, and the guys were starting to get better. And then all of a sudden you get a guy like Jeremy Spates who came in and, you know, he's a coach's son, right? So he's doing it the right way. And he has a big network of people. And then, you know, and so you're just out recruiting all the people they know and, you know, it, yeah. And then, and that's how it started building, you know, just all of a sudden we're three or four guys at the national tournament. And then it's a uh, year four, I think was the turning point where, you know, big upset win over Oklahoma state in a dual meet, mm. you know, and at Gallagher or at Mizzou. It was actually at a high school gym in St. Louis. No and, shit. Yeah, it was, uh, I can't remember the high school but it was November, right? It was November or I I think it was November. I know it was early first semester for sure. And, you know, we really, they didn't, they weren't ramping up for anything. They, they, you know, they weren't ramping up till second semester and we kind of knew that, but we ramped up real hard. You know, we didn't know if we could beat or not, but we just wanted to, if we were in a battle with them, it, it, it gave us some credibility, you know? Mm-hmm. and it just worked out perfect to where we get there the gym's like a hundred degrees it's so hot you know <laughs> and we're like we got our guys out of the gym and and they weren't really paying attention to it and yeah i remember that was pendleton and Askren's first match i've seen uh, this dual meet footage now that you say this yeah. and and pendleton threw up on Askren's back going into the third period, I believe. Yes, yes, yeah. that's right. So it was a wild duel. You know, he ended up winning that match. It was a wild, it was a wild duel, and you know, I think the heat really affected their team as well. And and we we snuck a close one out, and uh, and it really it, that really helped us turn the corner. And you know? that is such an epic rivalry, the Askren Pendleton series that you bore witness to. I mean, I can't, I don't even know how many times they wrestled, but a lot. I, I, yeah, and I, I don't know, you know, they wrestled, I, maybe seven times in, in, uh, you know, Ben, Ben won one of the, just one of those, you know. Is, is that it? I thought it was more it. than that. No. Oh my no. God. So maybe not much of a rivalry. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He, 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 he was pretty, you know, pretty athletic, which was kind of Ben's uh, kryptonite. Who was the first one to put a call into to Ben Askren during the recruiting process? Oh, that was all Brian Smith. He was on it. He, he, 
he, he, you know, I wouldn't assume that Ben was smoking dope and, you know, he tie dye shirts, hair out to here, just a happy go lucky hippie. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, he was not, that, that wasn't him at all. And yeah, Brian, I, I don't know exactly how it came about, but I know Brian was on him. And when you have someone like that come in, you know, one of the best folk stylers of all time, what did, just, what did you learn from watching him and his approach to how, how, how he broke things down technically? Well, his approach was great. You know, his approach was, he, he knew exactly where, well, <laughs> I'll back up. I remember telling him, I was trying to, I didn't spend a million minutes with him, right? But I remember trying to spend some time with him on a tilt, you know, because everything he did was take you down and pin people, you know, pinning stuff, you know, and, and so I'm trying to show him a tilt thinking, hey, you know, we can get him to tilt some people and score some more points that way. And he seemed pretty uninterested. And, and you know, it was a little frustrating. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm trying to show this guy something. And he was well, super respect, but he was kind of, and when we got done, I remember saying, why tilt? Or, yeah, why tilt when you can pin? And the coach of me was kind of, I wanted to be right about something, right? I wanted to be right. And I walked away and came back the next day. I said, because you can tilt people, you start, you start widening the gap in the score. Now they start to lay down easier to pin them. He said, listen, I work pinning combinations. If, the, if I don't get a pin, at least I still got the back points on a tilt. You can't get a pin. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> you know? But that was him as a freshman with his mom, you know? And, and so that was impressive to me. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he really, he came in, he wasn't having great success. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't having great success and uh, he was frustrated. And the story goes that he, him and Matt Pell were roommates and he walked in one day and just started crying to Pell. And he's like, how can I win at this, at this level? I'm not strong. I'm not fast. How am I going to win? And it was around that time that Mike Ironman moved in with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came from the Olympic training center and he moved in and, uh, wanted to, wanted to train with us. And he, 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 him and Ashkin started working out every day, right after practice, Ben would go to our, this is Ben's retro year. He would go to our practice. And then every day after him and Ironman would go for an hour, hour and a half. Wow. The clockwork. And Ben was always really good at scrambling. And then he'd take a guy like Ironman, who's great at scrambling. And I think they both just fed each other, you know, and, and got really, I, I think they, they combined their systems and, and went to the next level with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause yeah, cause Ben lost like nine or 10 times that freshman year as a red shirt, you know? And then after that, besides Pendleton, he only lost one other match. Wow. And he's just one of the guys you had in there. I looked at, you know, obviously the roster of guys you've coached, ton of them are, you know, in the UFC or were in the UFC and, yeah. And now you're at Arizona State. You actually came in under the previous head coach. Is that right? I did. I came in with Sean Charles, who Sean and I coached together for two years at University of Missouri. At Mizzou, yeah. So were, go ahead. No, so yeah, so I came in with him, uh, and and we were here two years uh, before Zeke came in. Where were you the day you heard that Sean was let go? I was. Got to probably shouldn't tell the story, but I will anyway. Um, <laughs> I love those stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and Sean's a great coach, right? And Sean's a, a, a great coach. It's we were under a different administration mm. and there wasn't, there wasn't much support, you know, uh, there wasn't really any support. You know, I remember meeting the AD at the time and uh, all three times I talked to him, he said, nice to meet you. Oh boy. You know? <laughs> oh my God. I hate when people do that. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's your athletic director, you, you know, I was like, Oh, he don't even know I'm here, you know, which is, you know, again, no big deal, but it, it was a big deal because we didn't have much support. And, and in February, Ray Anderson, our new athletic director, that's, he got hired. And, uh, and I actually heard like a year prior to that, I was hearing like, you know, 
the Olympics, you know, the, the Olympics dropped and, you know, uh, so, I, and, and again, rumor or not rumor, I have no idea. I still don't know this day, but I heard Zeke was sniffing around and, you know, Hey, I heard Zeke was in town. I said, I don't know. I didn't see him, you know? And, it, and so again, I don't know if this was brewing or not, but I said something to Sean Charles, you know, Hey, heard Zeke's in town, you know? And I said it to him like three times over a few weeks and he said, you know, my job's not available. You know, Sean told me that. I said, well, I hope you're saying that because I'm your assistant coach. And you want me to feel better. You don't really believe that. I said, it's coaching, man. Our jobs are always available, you know? Right. And sure enough, uh, that February we get the new AD in. And when the new AD comes, his his first hire was, you know, they, they let Sean go and, and hired Zeke a week later. But I remember walking in the West Virginia job was was open at the same time so i remember calling don Bakke, our associate ad or texting him i texted him hey coach can i come see you today because i wanted him to i wanted him to make a call for me and he said yeah come at 11 i said all right beautiful and then five minutes later he sends me another text and bring tyrell bring tyrell todd with you and i went oh and this is like two weeks after NCAs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, things are always that. And, I, and I've been around long enough to know that that was not a good bring Tyrell with you. And I said, well, my issue is more personal. He said, well, well, we'll talk after I need both you guys. And that's when I kind of, it, it, it started crossing my brain. I go up to the, our office and Tyrell's in there, Sean's doors closed. And I said, Hey, where's Sean? He's meeting with Ray Anderson right now. I said, dude, that ain't good. And he goes, no, no, no. Sean called the meeting. I said, maybe, but Ray changed the subject. Yeah. Like it ain't good, man. And sure enough, when I walked up there to talk to Baki, we walked up at 11 and I said, Hey coach, you know, how's it going? And did all that. And he's like, Hey, we had to let Sean go today. I was like, does that mean we're fired now too? And he said, Nope. And this is an at will work state. And I go, what's that mean? You know, and he goes, well, if you come to work, you get paid. If you don't, you don't. I, man, I shook his hand. I said, I will see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask any more questions. I didn't talk about West Virginia. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I was like, man, I'm talking to work tomorrow. You know, and and that's what a week later, you know, Zeke gets hired. And maybe it's two weeks. But then he comes in and, and basically says, hey, why don't we uh, why don't we try this for a little while? And then we'll see if uh, we want to work together. I said, great. And, you know, three months later, four months later, whatever, we ended up with the number one recruiting class in the country. And he said, hey, this is going pretty good. You, 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 you want a job? And I was like, yeah, it sounds good to me. You know, awesome. So that's kind of how it went down. How long did Tyrell stay for? Uh, he left – he left pretty quick. He left pretty quick. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I know he, he, he went to Purdue pretty fast from, from Zeke getting hired. I don't know, maybe a month or two. Okay. I mean, that's pretty rare to have someone from the previous administration stay on. Yeah. I thought I was done for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think he actually had me hosting. Zeke had me hosting people for my job or something. I know Steiner came in. He's like, hey, you want to take Steiner around? I said, for my job? Not particularly, but I love Steiner, so sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And had you known Zeke before this? Not really, a little bit, but not, you know, I've been in several of his practices and stuff like that, you know, and talked to him once or twice through, you know, through, but not, no, we didn't really know each other. And so you end up staying and you mentioned the recruiting class was one of the feathers in your cap. And, you know, if you put in Lee Prince in a Google, you see recruiting expert, mastermind, whatever next to it. And, uh, you know, I know you have a real prowess there. And, and one of the things I, I heard you say on a flow interview is that the moment you started just being yourself, you could build actual relationships with the recruits. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty powerful because I'm in sales and it's all about relationships. So when did you learn that? 
uh, talking to coaches in other sports. Uh, I hated recruiting. Uh, when I first started, I didn't like it. Uh, it. It was, I thought it was a, it was pretty nasty, right? It was pretty, and, and I, you gotta remember, I cut my teeth in the Big Twelve, and yeah. uh, at the time, and you know, at the time that that it was, it was a pretty tough crew in there. You know, you got, you know, John Smith who's relentless. You got, you know, Jack Spates, relentless. Mark you know. Perry was relentless. Yeah, always <laughs> you know, uh, he was still there right when you were there um he was he, he wasn't no oh, he wasn't okay i thought he was uh, there he, in the mid 90s okay he 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 was i didn't get there till 98 99 okay. something like 90 maybe 99 98 99 something like that so he was he he was still on the scene but he wasn't coaching at oklahoma state anymore but and then you had mark manning at nebraska Oof. and Bobby Douglas at Iowa State, you know, so you had like <laughs> straight savages, you know, and yeah, so, and I'm just recruiting was the, I didn't understand it, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking it's about sales, I, you know, that's what I, I was actually trying to sell something, you know, which is clearly the wrong approach. And, you know, and I, I remember Jack Spates helped me a lot in, in the recruiting area, you know, and I talked to him a lot, but but again, I didn't know what he was telling me was truth or not because he was—he's <laughs> the enemy coach. We're coaching his son, you know, and he was being one hundred percent truth. But I didn't, you know, I'm like, is he trying to get me? You know, like, yeah, he was one of those. Days. And so then, uh, it was actually he suggested that I call other coaches, and uh, and I don't know if he meant from other sports or not, but that's how I took it, and so. I started calling some other just random football, basketball, basically, you know, other coaches and uh, just picking their brain and asking, you know, and Hey, I'm a young coach. I'm, I'd like to get good at this. And uh, <laughs> this recruiting thing's terrible. You know, what's your, and the uh, most the things I just kept hearing is be yourself, be you, you know, it's gotta be real, develop relationships, uh, you know, get to know the families. This isn't a kid choice. It's a, you know, all those things, you know, and I was like, Oh, I like people. So this is, that's great. And that's what I started doing is, you know, and, and talking to, you know, coaches, even talking to coaches when you weren't recruiting their kids, you know, but building relationship with the high school coaches, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was, I was able to be myself. And, and that was the greatest thing is once I started doing that and, and got out of the sales game, it really helped tremendously. And are you of the belief that when you're coaching at Mizzou or even Arizona, for Arizona state, for example, that you, one of the keys is to like own the home state or does that, is that not as important as people make it out to be? I think it depends what state you live in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you live in Pennsylvania, you're going to want to own that state. Right. 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 But I think it's important. I think it's important. Uh, I don't think it's an end all be all, but I definitely think if you're, if you go back and look at all the teams that won a national title, nobody does it without their in-state kids, mm-hmm. right? You may have, you, you may have the majority of your point scores from across the country, right? But you got to have some of your own in-state kids in that lineup. That's just, that's how it's, you know, the formula is out there, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, it, I think it's important and, you, you know, and, and the state of Arizona is, is starting to grow, which is good because it used to be good, you know, years ago, it was a really strong state and then it wasn't for whatever reason, I don't know. But when I got here there, you know, in, until RBY placed the last all American before him was Robles. Wow. You know, and, and now we have, RBY and Brandon Courtney, right? But those, you know, our state needs to be having several every year. You know, Pennsylvania has, you know, dang near twenty percent of uh, of the podium at the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you know, so true. And like as I look at my own, my own state, Illinois, it really is dependent on the the strength of the academy scene and the strength of the high school coaches there. And I was looking at some of the yeah. Ironman results. You know, once in a while, you would see Montini in the top four, 
And that was always really prideful to see that, you know, you didn't see that this year, but there were some standouts, but yeah, those high school coaches and Academy coaches vital. And if you look at what's going on now with, um, with Larkin's club and thorough, you know, Douglas brothers, it's amazing to see, you know, what, uh, what, what Arizona is starting to do in that area. Yeah. And Angel Cejudo is the, the, actually the head coach of that. Um, that's right. They, yeah. They're doing a great job. You know, they're doing a great job as, and not just, uh, not just for, for Valiant, they're doing with their, with the Thoroughbred Wrestling Club, they're doing, you know, a standout job developing, you know, and, and it's getting other people working their tails off, right? It's, yeah. it's making other people work hard and it's good. You, you, you see the state is starting to have growth. Definitely. And it's, I was obsessed with Arizona state as a kid. And I went down to the camps when Sergey was coaching the women's team and they would practice at Sunkiss kids in the summer. And uh, Tom Ortiz was the coach, but Larkin Kane, you know, Aaron Simpson, Bader. I mean, those were like just solid teams. <laughs> so good, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now we've talked wrestling this whole time and this is a wrestling podcast. I have about five minutes left, but I got to ask you a few off topic questions. Yeah. What river are you surfing slash swimming in? And some of those videos on Instagram, not a river. Where the hell is that at? That looks crazy. It's a drain ditch. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was, that was, that was COVID craziness. I thought so. So so, me and my wife, you know, every day, you know, and, and it's a drain ditch right next to my house. Right. And, every day you know like we were you know we we were doing zoom calls so but there's no workouts there's no wrestling going on there you know so we're we were actually doing a lot with recruiting on zoom and that's when we got you know frank molinero and and mark perry to, to come on board so we were working our tails off to you know for for that first month when things got real crazy but all so me and my wife were just working out basically twice a day and you know we were doing like we'd be on the playgrounds you know running down we'd run right down next to that drain ditch and there's a couple playgrounds and we'd be doing prison yard workouts you know on the, yeah. on the playground and you know and then like in the afternoon we'd ride our bikes and you know it was just it was actually good family time and one day we were like man we ought to act like i'm surfing in that thing and yeah so we did one video where i just jumped in and paddled down it and and it actually was good. I, I ended up paddling like a mile, you know, like a, a mile. I just tried to get my shoulders ready for when I did get to surf. And then all of a sudden I said, we got to do the triathlon. And so I did this whole fake triathlon where I, I, I did, the, I did the swim, right. I did the swim and there was like this little at the end. And when I passed through, I'm like raising my hand, like I wanted to swim and acting all dramatic and smacking the water and stuff. And then <laughs> And then we did the run and I put on full sweats and she made me like a, a, a Jersey number for the back and pinned it onto my sweats <laughs> and same thing. I like crossed the finish line and dropped my knees and party, you know, and, and then I did the bike and I'm a big beach cruiser with like the fat tire and I had a drink in the cup holder and, and flip flops on, you know, and the same thing and acting like I won. It was just messing around. We had a blast. I thought it was real until I saw the bike with the, with the sand tires on it. <laughs> Cause there were some actual rapids you paddled through at first. You kind of dip yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that even like clean water? Like, what is that? I didn't know. I don't really, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. So that was awesome. And uh, just really fun to see that. The other thing I got to ask you about, do you have a half pipe in your backyard? Uh, or is my, that? Yeah. Uh, 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 we have a house in Florida and we have a whole skate park back there. That is so badass. Your kids must have the best time with you guys. It's just uh, another thing I saw, you know, I always check everyone's social. And I'm like, dude, that's a half pipe and he's skateboarding barefoot. What the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, our son rips. He's really good. He's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so he, he taught, you know, I, I surf, I've never really been a skater, but uh, he taught me, you know, how to drive. And that was, the first time I did it, I dropped in. I had to, like, I was afraid to, right? I was afraid to. And and I've been on skateboards, like, longboard and carving, you know, bombing hills and stuff. But, you know, 
that's a little different. So all of a sudden I'm on this and I'm like, I'm scared. So I took off my shoes and socks and my, and my shirt. My wife's like, what are you doing? I said, it's going to make me fully commit. If I have, all, <laughs> if I have, if I have shoes on and a shirt, I said, I might, I might chicken out halfway through. She's like, that makes no sense. I'm like, it does to me. <laughs> and, and yeah, so that's how I kind of started. <laughs> man, that's, that's awesome. Well, you're a man who lives life and I wouldn't be uh, doing you justice if I, we didn't mention the, the team trophy last year, Arizona state getting a team trophy, you know, one of the hardest things to do in division one wrestling from a teen standpoint. And I heard through flow that your, uh, your AD was actually there and they go to all the stuff. So I just want to congratulate you and the staff. Cause that's just a, a hell of an accomplishment. Hey man, I appreciate that. And, uh, our, 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 our boy stepped up, you know, that one of the best rounds of wrestling I saw came after one of the worst I've been through. And, you know, we went one and one in five, one in five in the morning round on that Friday. And, and we didn't have to say anything to the team. They rallied together and they came back that night and went uh, four or five, you know, wow. went four, four or five. And, and, and it was awesome. No, sorry. Five of six. They came back and went five of six on Friday night. And, and it was awesome to, to be a part of. I mean, so powerful to see that. And, you know, West coast wrestling, we need it, you know, thank God Stanford stuck around, but you know, like you said, I think back to the, uh, not that I was alive, but you know, think back to those Bobby Douglas years where they were in the top three, top four for a couple years there. And obviously 88, they brought home the title and uh, it's just awesome to see that for wrestling. And I really love the fact that you guys are doing that duel against Michigan in early January. That's going to be sweet. It's awesome. It's awesome. We're, we're excited about that. Uh, we believe it's going to be a big event. They got such a good team, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I hope, th I hope they bring everybody out. I know everyone's, you know, we're trying to figure out lineups and all that, but I would think by then it's, it's full going. Yeah. I mean, big. I'm sure they're going to have everyone. Awesome. You know, awesome. Sure man. They're going to have everyone. I'm sure Massa will be in and Suriano and, you know, me chick, hopefully. I mean, I just want to see yeah. hammers. I'm sure he'll be in. Yep. I love it, man. Well, you know, wish you nothing but the best. And uh, really appreciate you coming on, Coach Pritz. Thank you, sir. Hey, man, I had a blast. It was fun and uh, appreciate what you're doing and keep it up. Yes, sir. We'll see you thank around, you my friend. Me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. To see video clips from this interview, please go to Instagram at Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was proudly presented by Spartan Combat. The Spartan Combat Nationals are returning to Jacksonville, Florida April 8th through the 10th, 2022. Register now at SpartanCombat.com.